Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 155 of The Informed Catholic of 2020. And uh, today we're going to do something different. We're going to do a little, the story of Fatima. It's a little booklet from Tan Books. It's called Our Lady of Fatima's Peace Plan from Heaven. Our Lady of Fatima's Peace Plan from Heaven. And uh, it's a beautiful little book. It'll tell you the story about Fatima. And I think it's a good start uh, to, uh, to study Fatima on the, on the Informed Catholic. So uh, before we begin, let's say the prayers uh, that Our Lady of Fatima uh, has asked us to say. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. O oh my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrageous sac sacrileges and indifferences whereby he is offended and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. O my Jesus, I offer this for the love of thee, for the conversion of sinners and reparation for the sins committed against the immaculate heart of Mary. O my Jesus, Forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those who have most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, now um, this, is a, uh, this is a beautiful little booklet. It's printed by Tan Books. And let me read the back. The back pretty much almost says all the prayers uh, here. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said, I have come to warn the faithful to amend their lives and to ask pardon for their sins. They must not continue to offend our Lord who is already deeply offended. The Blessed Mother can no longer restrain the hand of her divine son from striking the world with just punishments for its many crimes. Say the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world. Add after each decade the following prayer, O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those who have most need of thy mercy. Pray, pray a great deal and make sacrifices for sinners, for many souls go to hell because they have no one to make sacrifices and pray for them. More souls go to hell because of sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Many marriages are not good and they do not please our Lord and, are not, and are not, they are not of God. And here, certain fashions will be introduced that will offend our Lord very much. Wars are punishment from God for sin. 
God wishes to establish in the world the devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If people do what I tell you, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. So this is uh, the message of Our Lady of Fatima. There's a little something here in the inside booklet, the back cover. Remember Our Lady of Fatima said, tell everybody that God gives graces through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Tell them to ask graces from her and that the heart of Jesus wishes to be venerated together with the Immaculate Heart of Mary for the Lord has conf uh, confided the, the peace of the world to her. I promise to help at the hour of death with the graces necessary for salvation. Whoever on the first Saturday of the five consecutive months shall confess, receive Holy Communion, recite five decades of the rosary and keep me uh, company for 15 minutes while meditating on the 15 mysteries of the rosary with the intention of making reparation to my immaculate heart. If my requests are not granted, Russia will scatter her errors throughout the world, provoking wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will much will have much to suffer and various nations will be destroyed in the end my immaculate heart will triumph russia will be converted and there will be there will be peace the need is great to help spread our lady's message to the world distribute extra copies of this booklet it is a brief but complete statement on fatima so i guess i'm doing my part here by uh, doing this on the podcast so let's start with uh, the booklet, Our Lady of Fatima's Peace Plan from Heaven. Part 1, The Story of Fatima On a cool spring day in 1916, Lucia de Santos, age 9, and her cousins Francisco and Tricenta Marto, age 8 and 6, respectively, took their parents' sheep to pasture in a place not far from their homes, in the mountain village of Fatima, Portugal, about 90 miles north of Lisbon. It started to drizzle, and the children sought shelter in a nearby cave. Suddenly, across the field, a white globe of light appeared, moving over the open space towards the cave. The three children stared in awe as they saw in the center of the light a beautiful young man in flowing white garments. The stranger began to speak, Fear not, I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Kneeling on the ground, he bowed low and recited this prayer three times with the children, repeating it after him. O oh my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. In midsummer, as the children were together, the angel came again and said, Pray, pray a great deal. The hearts of Jesus and Mary have merciful designs on you. Offer prayers and sacrifices continually to the Most High, Make everything you do a sacrifice 
and offer it as an act of reparation for the sins by which God is offended. And as a petition for the conversion of sinners, bring peace to our country in this way. I am the guardian angel of Portugal. Accept and bear submission all the sufferings the Lord will send you. The angel came again in the fall of that same year, this time bearing a golden chalice in one hand and a host above it in the other. The amazed children noticed that drops of blood were falling from the host into the chalice. Presently the angel left both suspended in midair and prostrated himself on the ground, saying, this beautiful prayer, Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrageous sacrileges and indifferences whereby He is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart, and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Such was the prelude to one of the most remarkable messages ever to be given from heaven to earth, the peace plan of Our Lady of Fatima. The Lady More Brilliant Than the Sun on Sunday, May 13th, 1917, slightly more than a year after the angel's first visit, the children were pasturing their flocks as usual. This time, they were in a rather barren hollow, known as the Cova de Aria, Hollow of Irene, which was about a mile from their homes it was noon of a clear, sunny day, when suddenly a flash of lightning cut the air, then another. Fearing a storm, the children quickly gathered the sheep to get them home. Then their glances fell upon a small, hollow oak tree directly in their path. A dazzling light hovered over the topmost branches, when, wonder of wonders, what should they behold but the form of a lovely lady standing atop of the tree in the light, her feet hidden in a shimmering cloud. She was like the angel, only far more beautiful. She wore a long white dress and the mantle over her head and shoulders reaching to her feet was etched in varnished gold. Her hands were joined before her breast, and from the right hand hung an exquisite rosary of white pearls. As Lucy later described her, she was a lady more brilliant than the sun. After telling the children not to be frightened, the vision said, I come from heaven. I want you to come here at this time, the same hour, on the 13th day of each month until October. Then I will tell you who I am and what I want. 
She also told them to say the rosary every day and to bear all sufferings God would send them. On June, the lady appeared again. There were about 70 people present, though only the children could see the apparition. She told the youngsters that many souls go to hell because they have no one to pray and make sacrifices for them. She said Francisco and Jacinta would soon leave the world for heaven, holding out her heart, surrounded by thorns, which pierced it from all sides. Our Lady told Lucy, God wishes you to remain in the world for some time because he wants to use you to establish in the world the devotion to my Immaculate Heart. I promise salvation to those who embrace it, and their souls will be loved by God as flowers placed by myself to adorn his throne. The Children See Hell During her appearances in July, Our Lady, in answer to Lucy's plea, promised that in October she would work a great public miracle so that all might believe and know who she was. Again, the mother of God told the children to sacrifice themselves for sinners and to say many times, especially when making a sacrifice, this prayer. O my Jesus, I offer this for love of thee, for the conversion of poor sinners and in reparation for all the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. As she spoke these words, Our Lady stretched out her hands, and bright rays came forth, which seemed to penetrate into the earth. All at once the ground vanished, and the children found themselves standing on the brink of a sea of fire. As they peered into this dreadful place, the terrified youngsters saw a huge number of devils and damned souls. The devils resembled hideous black animals, each filling the air with despairing shrieks. The damned souls were in their human bodies and seemed to be brown in color, tumbling about constantly in the flames and screaming with terror. All were on fire within and without their bodies, and neither devils nor damned souls seemed to be able to control their movements. They were tossing about in the flames like fiery coals in a furnace. There was never an instant peace or freedom from pain. Looking with compassion at the pale and trembling little ones, the vision spoke to them. You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart. If people do what I tell you, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. Visions that foretell World War II and Communism. The war is going to end. At that time, 1917 was World War I and it was still raging on. But if people do not stop offending God, another and a far worse one will begin in the reign of Pope Pius XI, 
when you shall see a night illuminated by an unknown light. Know that this is the great sign that God gives you that he is going to punish the world for its many crimes by means of war, hunger, persecution of the church and the Holy Father. In January 25th, 1938, a strange light illuminated the sky. This signaled to Lucia that World War II was about to begin. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation for the first five Saturdays. If my requests are granted, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will scatter her errors throughout the world, provoking wars and persecution of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer and various nations will be destroyed. But in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me. Russia will be converted and a certain period of peace will be granted to the world. The lady asked that this message be kept secret until she gave permission to it being revealed. The children are jailed. The apparitions rapidly were creating so much excitement that the atheistic civil authorities were becoming alarmed. At the next scheduled appearance of the lady on August 13th, though more than 15,000 people were waiting in the Kova, the atheistic mayor of Aram, under whose jurisdiction Fatima belonged, had the three children kidnapped and placed in jail. In spite of his threats to have them burned alive in boiling oil, the children refused to reveal the secret given to them. Fearing violence from the people, the mayor released Lucy and her two cousins. The next day, near the village of Velanos, on August 19th, the lady appeared to the children again. She told them she was greatly displeased by the action of the mayor. As a result, the miracle promised for October would not be as impressive as originally planned. Now, more than 30,000 people were present in September and saw a shower of mysterious white petals fall to within 10 feet of the ground before dissolving into the air. Many also saw the globe of light bearing the lady come to rest on top of the tree and the branches bent as though someone were standing on them. Later, they saw the cloud depart into the east from whence it had come. 70,000 gather for the promised miracle. By now, all Portugal was stirred by the events taking place at Fatima, suddenly the most important spot in the land, particularly where the newspapers are interested, especially in the statement that a great miracle was to take place. Many reporters and photographers were on hand to record the events or to prove that the statements were nothing more than lies. On the days preceding October 13th, all roads led to Fatima with people coming from all parts of the land in any form of transportation they could find. Many walked for miles over the rough fields. It rained all the night of the 12th 
and the morning of the 13th, by noon, more than 70,000 had crowded into the cova, standing in mud up to their ankles. They huddled together under umbrellas, seeking protection from the relentless rain as they prayed their rosaries. Shortly after noon, the lady arrived for her final appearance. She told the children, I am the lady of the rosary. I have come to warn the faithful to amend their lives and to ask pardon for their sins. They must not offend our Lord any more, for he is already too grievously offended by the sins of men. People must say the rosary. Let them continue saying it every day. The Dancing Sun As the lady was about to leave, she pointed to the sun. Lucy excitedly repeated the gesture, and the people looked into the sky. The rain had ceased, the clouds parted, and the sun shone forth, but not in its usual brilliance. Instead, it appeared like a silver disk, pale as the moon at which all could gaze without straining their eyes. Suddenly, impelled by some mysterious force, the disk began to swirl in the sky, casting off great shafts of multicolored lights. Red, green, blue, yellow, violet. The enormous rays shot across the sky at all angles, lightening up the entire country countryside for many miles around, but particularly the upturned faces of those 70,000 spell-bound people. After three minutes, the wonder stopped, but were resumed again a second and a third time. Three times in all, within about 12 minutes, it seemed that the whole world was on fire with the, with the sun spinning at a greater speed each time. Then a gasp of terror rose from the crowd, for the sun seemed to tear itself from the heavens and come crashing down upon the horrified multitude. It's the end of the world, shrieked one woman, Dear God, don't let me die in my sins, implored another woman. Holy Virgin, protect us, cried a third. All were on their knees in terror, asking pardon for their sins. Just when it seemed like that ball of fire would fall upon and destroy them, the miracle ceased and the sun resumed its normal place in the sky, shining forth as peacefully as ever. When the people arose from the ground, cries of astonishment were heard on all sides. Their clothes, which had been soaking wet and muddy, now were clean and dry. Many of the sick and crippled had been cured of their afflictions. While the miracle of the sun was taking place, the children alone were privileged to witness several remarkable visions in the heavens. As Our Lady had promised, St. Joseph had come with the Holy Family, and he had blessed the world. Then Our Lady appeared as the Mother of Sorrows, accompanied by her Divine Son, who also blessed the world. Finally, Lucy had seen the Blessed Virgin Mary dressed in the brown robes of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, crowned as Queen of Heaven and Earth, 
holding a brown scapular in her hand with her infant son upon her knee. However, in none of these visions had any of the figures spoken to the children. Truly, it had been a great day for Portugal. The reporters, many of whom had come to scoff, gave long and detailed accounts of what had taken place, while the newspapers published many photographs of the great, of the great crowds and of the children, although these were released to the entire world, copies are on file in the U.S. Congressional Library. Few people outside of Portugal paid any attention to these events, and newspapers in the most other countries ignored and the story completely. Part 2. Subsequent Important Events as the Blessed Mother had promised, Francisco and Jacinta soon joined her in heaven. The little boy died from the flu in April 1919 and his sister in February 1920. Before she died, little Jacinta revealed some little-known but remarkable statements made by Our Lady of Fatima. Here are some of them. More souls go to hell because of the sins of the flesh than for any other reason. Certain fashions will be introduced that will offend our Lord very much. Many marriages are not good. They do not please our Lord and are not of God. Priests must be pure, very pure. They should not busy themselves with anything except what concerns the church and souls. The disobedience of priests to their superiors and to the Holy Father is very displeasing to our Lord. The Blessed Mother can no longer restrain the hand of her Divine Son from striking the world with just punishments for its many crimes. If the government of a country leaves the Church in peace and gives liberty to our holy religion, it will be blessed by God. Tell everybody that God gives graces through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Tell them to ask graces from her and that the Heart of Jesus wishes to be venerated together with the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Ask them to plead for peace from the Immaculate Heart of Mary, for the Lord has confided the peace of the world to her. In 1921, upon the advice of the Bishop of Lorea, Fatima, Lucy entered a convent boarding school to learn to read and write. Later she became a nun in the order, a sister of St. Dorothy, whose mother house was at Tuya, Spain. One day, while Lucy, now Sister Lucia, was kneeling in prayer in the convent chapel, December 10th, 1925, the Blessed Mother and the Christ Child appeared to her with a new and wonderful message for souls. The first to speak was the Christ child who said, Have pity on the heart of your most holy mother. It is covered with thorns with which ungrateful men pierce it at every moment and there is no one to remove them with an act of reparation. Holding in her hand a heart encircled with sharp thorns, Our Lady then said to Sister Lucia, My child, Behold, my heart surrounded with thorns, which ungrateful men place therein at every moment by their blasphemies 
and ingratitude, you at least try to console me. Announce in my name that I promise to assist at the hour of death with all the graces necessary for salvation. All those who, on the first Saturday of five consecutive months, go to confession and receive Holy Communion, recite the rosary, and keep my company for a quarter of an hour while meditating on the mysteries of the rosary with the intention of making reparation to me. Our Lord appeared to Sister Lucia in 1927, this time giving her permission to reveal the first two parts of the message of Fatima. One, the vision of hell, including the promise to take the children to heaven, the predictions of another war, martyrdom for Christians, the destruction of nations, the persecution of the church and of the Holy Father, and the spread of communism. Two, the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. All this had previously been kept secret. In 1929, Our Lady came once again. She completed the promises made on July 13th to come and ask for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the communion of reparation on the first five Saturdays. The moment has come in which God asked for the Holy Father, in union with all the bishops of the world, to make the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to save it by this means. There are many souls whom the justice of God condemns for sins committed against me, that I have come to ask reparation. Sacrifice yourself for this intention and pray. If men would fulfill her requests, Russia would be converted and there would be peace. On the night of January 25th, 1938, Sister Lucia stood at her convent window and saw an ominous red glow that lit the entire sky. This light was seen throughout Europe and Africa and in parts of America and Asia. Scientists tried to explain it as most as a most unusual display of the Aurora Borealis or Northern Lights, but Sister Lucia knew that it was the great sign foretold by Our, La by Our Lady on J July 13, 1917, and that punishment of the world was at hand. Several weeks later, Hitler invaded Austria, striking the match that was to set world, the world aflame. Thus, during the reign of Pius XI, the stage was set for another and far worse war as predicted by the Mother of God at Fatima. Ecclesiastical Approval for the Message of Fatima The Bishop of Larea Fatima, after 13 years of thorough and careful investigation, released in 1930 his pastoral letter stating that the revelations of Fatima were worthy of belief by the faithful. Today, in the place where the Blessed Mother appeared to the children, as they pastured their sheep, there is now a magnificent shrine where millions of people come on pilgrimage each year. Pope Pius XII, on October 31, 1942, personally consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Not long after, 
he instituted throughout the universal church the Feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which is celebrated everywhere in the world on the Saturday after the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. On May 1st, 1948, Pope Pius XII issued a special encyclical letter to all the bishop, priests, and laity throughout the world following is part of the, the text of, this, of the letter. And even as our predecessor of immortal memory, Leo XIII, at the dawn of the 20th century, saw fit to consecrate the whole human race to the most sacred heart of Jesus, so we have likewise, in the guise of representative of the whole human family, which he redeemed, the desire to dedicate it in turn to the immaculate heart of the Virgin Mary. It is our wish, consequently, that whenever the opportunity suggests itself, this consecration be made in the various dioceses as well as in the, each of the parishes and families. We are confident that abundant blessings and favors from heaven will surge forth from this private and public consecration. Signed, Pope Pius XII. On July 7, 1952, Pope Pius XII consecrated the world and particularly the Russian people to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Pope Paul VI consecrated the world to Our Lady's Immaculate Heart in 1964. And on May 13, 1982, Pope John Paul II, uniting himself in intention with the world's bishops, consecrated the world with a particular mention of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. In a particular way, we entrusted and consecrate to thee those individuals and nations which particularly need to be entrusted and consecrated. Yet even this singular act did not exactly fulfill the specific request of Our Lady for a collegial consecration of Russia by the Holy Father in union with all the bishops of the world, according to Sister Lucia, God would permit the grace of the collegial consecration only when a sufficient number are complying with the message of Fatima. However, nearly two years later, on March 25, 1984, Pope John Paul II united with all the pastors of the church into particular bond whereby we constitute a body and a college consecrate the whole world, especially the peoples for which by reason of their situation you have particular love and solicitude. Sister Lucia would later say that this consecration of Russia fulfilled the condition set by Our Lady at Fatima. Part 3. Fatima and the United States and the Future Not much was heard about Fatima in the United States until World War II began, and particularly until the consecration by the Holy Father in 1942. Since that time, a steady stream of new literature has been made available on the subject. Many excellent books have been written, pamphlets printed in the millions, lectures and sermons delivered, articles published in many magazines and newspapers, plays and radio dramas enacted, all about the remarkable apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. However, in spite of all this, 
it is evident that out of all the millions who hear, only a few take the message to heart and put it to practice in their daily lives. Each passing day brings additional proof with a more complete fulfillment of the dire predictions made by Our Lady at Fatima in 1917. Already we have fought World War II. Less than five years later, American soldiers were dying in Korea. And a decade after that, we were involved in Vietnam. Nations have been destroyed. There has been much famine and bitter persecutions. But amidst the turmoil, there have also been signs of hope. The Soviet Union fell and with it an aggressive expansionist worldwide communistic movement. Russia herself seems to be undergoing a religious revival while the West falls further and further into an immoral abyss, condensing and even encouraging numerous sins that cry to heaven for vengeance. This particularly is true in our country, where men hear and for a while and then return to their former evil ways, as a frank look at life in the United States will reveal. While those inside on the side of Almighty God and His Blessed Mother tried to spread her peace plan from heaven, the forces of evil are meeting with an even greater success in their efforts to draw men into sin. And Our Lady said at Fatima, wars are punishments from God for sin. Everywhere in this country, there has been a tremendous increase in abortion, divorce, birth control, immorality, paganism, materialism, secularism. Pope Pius XII once said, the greatest sin of our generation is that it has lost all sense of sin. How true these words are becoming apparent when the statements of Jacinta concerning immorality are recalled and we see that in the United States. Since 1970, over 50 million innocent lives have been snuffed out through abortion in the United States alone. Abortion is murder, and murder is one of the four sins crying to heaven for vengeance. In addition, there are millions of silent abortions caused by the most commonly used low-dosage birth control pill, the IUD, the morning-after pill, menstrual extraction, self-aborting, vaginal suppositories, Marriage is in crisis, both because of the continuing prevalence of divorce and the ever-increasing phenomenon of cohabitation, but also because of a blurring of its very meaning through the once, although uh, unthought-of practice so-called gay marriage. Advocates of birth control insisting that children are a burden not a blessing, and are successfully inducing millions of young people to use contraceptives. They say, in effect, that God can create life but cannot provide for it. Homosexuality is now widely recognized as a legitimate lifestyle, even by millions who call themselves Catholics. And homosexuality, according to the Bible, is one of the four sins crying to heaven for vengeance. Prostitution, juvenile delinquency, sex crimes and immorality in general have increased to an alarming degree since World War II. Much of this has been caused by the uh, indecent fashion worn by modern women today and much by the filthy propaganda reaching Americans 
through movies, television, radio, newspapers, and particularly through overwhelming torrent of indecent literature, which has dulged us uh, to the past of several years. Many uh, money, material, possessions, fame, power have become the gods worshipped by millions of Americans today. A man's success in life is now measured by what he has. It little matters how he gets what he has. Too many men and women, and even children, are now turning to drink alcohol and drugs instead of to God for the solutions to life's problem. As a result, they create an even greater problem for themselves, their families, and all whom they come into contact. With Worst of all, there is an or organized attempt which is coming out into the open more all, more all the time to deny the existence of God and to destroy him in the minds of the youths of our country. The coins of our nation proclaim in God we trust. Yet, in 1948, the Supreme Court, through the McCollum case ruling, banned any teaching of religion in our public schools. And several years later, the Supreme Court outlawed prayer in public school classrooms. All of these and many other crimes will combine to bring, the, to bring down upon us the wrath of God in the form of suffering, persecution, even atomic war. That may well be the end of our civilization. What of the future? I, it is sin that is destroying the world today. Since not enough people are willing to grant the request of Our Lady at, Fa at Fatima and give up sin, what does the future hold in store for us? A few months after the close of World War II, the bloodiest in all history, our Holy Father warn warned, men must prepare themselves for suffering such as mankind has never seen. The Vicar of Christ indicates that we must prepare for suffering even worse than the deluge, which wiped out the whole human race except for Noah and his family, for suffering worse than all the wars and disasters that have been the long history of mankind. Yes, this is what the future holds for Americans and the world, suffering such as mankind has never seen, unless a sufficient number of people still can be found willing to grant the request of Our Lady of Fatima. Is there any hope? No matter how late the hour, so long as these threatening disasters have not yet struck, there is still hope of averting them if enough people will amend their lives and do what God asks. We read in the Old Testament in Jonah chapter 3 that Almighty God sent Jonah, the prophet, to warn the people of Nineveh that in 40 days their city will be destroyed. Upon receiving the news, the king immediately proclaimed fasting and absence and told people to don sackcloth and ashes, to do great penance and to give up the evil and iniquity in their hearts. And they did. Almighty God was pleased, and at the end of 40 days, Nineveh was still standing. God had spared the city because enough reparations had been made. We also read in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 18 that God would have spared the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah had there been found only 10 just people in them. Today, Almighty God will spare the world, or at least the United States, from the horrible punishment predicted for us if proportionately the ten just men can be found willing to make reparation, willing to follow Our Lady of Fatima's peace 
plan from heaven. Putting the peace plan into action. History has been recorded as already have taken place. Many of the terrible disasters predicted by the mother of God in 1917. These things cannot be undone, but we still have the future ahead of us. It can be a happy future filled with peace if we live our lives according to Our Lady's request. These requests, one, penance and reparation. The daily recitation of the Holy Rosary, number two. Three, the five first Saturdays, and four, consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary from the peace plan from heaven, our only hope, penance and, rep and reparation. By penance, Our Lady explained that men must amend their lives, give up their easy lives of sin, and ask pardon for their sins, and make reparation for this to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, so grievously offended by the sins of men. By reparation, Our Lady means, one, offering sacrifices to atone for our sins. Two, fulfilling our daily duties to the best of our abilities. Three, accepting the responsibility of our state in life. Four, obeying the commandments of God. The sacrifice our Lord requires each of us is that sacrifice necessary to avoid sin and the occasions of sin and to accept with submission all the suffering sent to us. Also, we should make everything we do a sacrifice. And in offering it to God, we should say this prayer, O oh my Jesus, I offer this for the love of Thee, for the conversion of poor sinners, and reparation for all the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Daily Rosary our Lady pleaded and insisted that men must say the daily rosary. Reparation holds back the hand of God from striking the world in just punishment for its many crimes. The rosary is like a sword or a weapon. The mother of God can use to cut down heresy and the forces of evil. It is most powerful and many times it has saved the world from situations as bad as as, if not worse, than the one facing us today. Four centuries ago, the Turks were overrunning all of Europe and seemed on the verge of wiping out Christianity. When all seemed lost, Pope St. Pius V organized a great rosary crusade. The Christian soldiers literally went into battle with swords in one hand and rosaries in the other. On October 7th, 1571 at Lepanto, one of the greatest military upsets in all history took place. The smaller Christian fleet, greatly outnumbered, defeated the mighty Turkish armada and Christendom was saved all through the power of the rosary. In early 1964, the country of Brazil was, was within days of falling into communism. The courageous Archbishop Rio de Janeiro broadcast radio appeals for prayers and penance in keeping with Our Lady Fatima's request. The response of Brazilians rose and rose until it culminated in a vast march of 600,000 rosary-praying women in Sao Paulo on March 19th. 
More such marches were scheduled, but on April 1st, the communists fled the country and freedom was preserved. Today, we are threatened on all sides by communism, but the Blessed Virgin Mary can overcome these forces of evil overnight. If enough people will say the daily rosary, Pope Pius IX said, Give me an army saying the rosary and I will conquer the world. Particularly, it is the family rosary recommended for the family that prays together, stays together. And today, our families are threatened with breakup on all sides. After each decade of the rosary, you should recite the prayer, O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who have most need of thy mercy. So, um, let me see here. Yes, the first five Saturdays, we have to finish that. This devotion consists, number one, going to confession. Two, receiving Holy Communion. Three, reciting five decades of the rosary. And number four, spending 15 minutes with Our Lady meditating on the mysteries of the rosary all with an intention of making reparation to her. She is the matriarch of all graces and has promised at hour of death all graces necessary for salvation to those who faithfully practice this devotion for the first Saturdays of any five consecutive months. Note that the confession may be made under the usual condition of eight days before or after Holy Communion provided the person is not in the state of moral sin when he receives Holy Communion. The first Friday and first Saturday and first Sunday of each month normally comes together in the same week. The confession, uh, the confession good for one is good for the others. It is recommended that people receive Holy Communion in reparation in all three days, giving Our Lady a little more than she asks and helping to make up for those who refuse to give her anything at all. In addition, in assisting at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, receiving Holy Communion is the most perfect form of reparation that can be offered. Consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary this consecration is the least understood but one of the most important parts of the message of Fatima. Our Lady is looking for people willing to become cells of prayer and sacrifice through the consecration to her. Personal consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary can take many forms. It can be done simply by reciting with sincerity the act of consecration printed further on. This consecration can be renewed each day merely by saying the morning offering to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. However, the act itself should be repeated on all important feast days of the Blessed Mother. More important than reciting the act is to live up to the conditions which it sets forth, particularly by fulfilling Our Lady's request at Fatima. In, cons in consecrating oneself to Mary, a Christian pays her homage, places himself in her service, under her protection, and strives to imitate her virtues. One of the best forms of consecration for the average layman is to wear the brown scapula of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, 
Sister Lucia has said that all Catholics should wear the brown scapular as part of the Fatima message. She said the rosary and the scapular are inseparable. The brown scapula of Mount Carmel is an abbreviated form of the large scapula worn by members of the Carmelite order. Thus, it can be called a holy habit and Our Lady's livery. A person who wears this scapula declares that he or she belongs to Mary. In return, the Mother of God has promised eternal life to those who die wearing this mantle. In 1251, when she gave the scapula to St. Simon Stock and thereby to the world, the Queen of Heaven stated, Whoever dies clothed in this shall never suffer eternal, eternal fire. Wearing the scapula serves as a constant reminder of one's personal consecration to Mary and of the necessity of imitating her virtues and heeding her requests. Note, the scapular metal may be substituted when it is impossible or impractical to wear the cloth scapula. However, to be worn validly, the person wearing the metal must first have been enrolled in the cloth scapula, and the metal must be blessed by a priest. It is, ne it is not necessary to have the cloth scapula blessed. True devotion, one of the most perfect forms of consecration. Another excellent but more difficult form of consecration is the practice of true devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, as preached by St. Louis Gregon de Montfort. This consists in giving oneself as a servant or, or a slave to the Blessed Mother, so one can be used as an instrument of God's mercy in drawing the souls of poor sinners to the sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This means giving to Mary all our thoughts, words, and actions, sufferings, and possessions, plus the merits from our good works, that she may use them as she sees fit in reparation for sin, for the conversion of poor sinners, and for the greater love and honor and glory of God. St. Louis de Montfort says that as Christ came to us through Mary, he desires that we come to him through her. The saint states that by consecrating ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we are consecrating ourselves to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. For the two are one. All we do for Mary, we do for Jesus. All we ask of her, we ask of him. And our Lord cannot refuse if his Blessed Mother intercedes for us. Since she desires and requests it, can we choose a more perfect form of consecration to Jesus than through the Immaculate Heart of His Holy Mother? Act of Consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary O Mary, Virgin, Most Powerful, and Mother of Mercy, Queen of Heaven and Refuge of Sinners, we consecrate ourselves to Thy Immaculate Heart, we consecrate to Thee our very being and our whole life, all that we have, all that we love, all that we are. To Thee we give our bodies, our hearts, and our souls. To Thee we give our homes and our families and our country. We desire that all that is in us and around us may belong to Thee and may, may share in the benefits of Thy motherly blessing. And that this act of consecration 
may be truly fruitful and lasting. We renew this day at thy feet the promises of our baptism and our first Holy Communion. We pledge ourselves to profess courageously and at all times the truth of our holy faith and to live as befits Catholics who are submissive to all directions of the Pope and the bishops in communion with him. We pledge ourselves to keep the commandments of God and of his church, in particular to keep holy the Lord's day. We pledge ourselves to make the consoling practice of the Christian religion and above all, holy communion and an important part of our lives in so far as we shall be able to do. Finally, we promise thee, O glorious Mother of God and loving Mother of men, to devote ourselves wholeheartedly to the spreading of devotion to thy immaculate heart in order to hasten and assure through the queenly rule of thy immaculate heart the coming of the kingdom of the sacred heart of thy adorable son in our own hearts and those of all men in our country and in all the world as in heaven so on earth amen in the name of the father son and the holy spirit thank you folks i hope that was um done well i hope i did a good job and uh let's hope uh we'll get back in another episode where we'll talk about the fatima message uh just want to end it here i hope this was helpful i hope uh this is something that can be helpful to you share it with your friends share it with your family um you know pray the rosary and um please subscribe and share to the podcast uh you know, it will be a great help to me and it'll be a great help to everybody else uh, letting uh, Spotify and Anchor and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts let people know that you like this and so they can distribute the podcast even more. God bless and we'll be back together again soon. Amen.